We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Welcome, IB Nation. Of course, it is a Monday, which means we have the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour that we're going to get into here today. I am Ryan Robertson, Director of Recruiting at irishbreakdown.com. Joined, of course, by my main man, Sean Davis, Recruiting Analyst for the site as well. Three segments for you all today, right? So, number one, we're going to be hitting on a lot of the recruits that were in action this past weekend or past week i should say some played on thursday some played on friday this past week we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the key performances some of the best performances and just work through a little bit of you know the 2023 and 2024 class as far as what notre dame should be excited about second we're going to be going around the horn for a little bit of college football talk we talked about some of the with it being the first full week, week number one this past week of college football, we have some instant reactions. There were a lot of games other than the Notre Dame game against Ohio State, so I'm going to work it through a little bit of that. We're not going to rehash Notre Dame-Ohio State too much during the show unless you all have questions about it that we're going to hit on the mailbag, which will be our third section of the day. So before you, we start into the recruiting talk, if you could please like, share, subscribe, to the YouTube channel. If you're on it, listening on a podcast platform, if you can give us a five-star rating, nice little uh, review in there too, would be awesome. Fantastic. Not signing for the message board. We have, we have content and Intel coming out. It seems like every single day, if you go to board.irishbreakdown.com, which is streaming at the bottom, if you're watching on YouTube, you should definitely do that. And appreciate everyone as always for joining with us today. Of course, coach Freeman just had his press conference. So I know there's going to be probably some questions about that as well here today and uh if anybody wants to put questions in for the mailbag later in the show you can feel free to put those in now and i will start starring them and we'll get to those later today but we want to start about recruiting hour which is why me and sean are on this show every monday sean i guess i should just start us out man how's everything going i know we're uh if anybody didn't hear our nice 230 podcast discussing the uh the saturday game with notre dame we were uh, we were down. If we're being completely honest, I, I feel like we have uh, been talked off the ledge slightly, but still, obviously, a very disappointing loss for Notre Dame. But uh, let's put that behind us, Sean. How's everything going on this fine Monday, my friends? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wonderful. If you have bad feelings about Saturday night, we get to talk about the future to fill those voids. So it's going to be a really good hour. Yeah, no, it is. It is, man. There's a, the positivity that we're going to start the show on is that there were a lot of great football players who just, who just had some big victories, big performances, and it's the future of Notre Dame football that we're going to kind of be rehashing. So Sean, I know where everyone wants to start. So they want to start every single week. (laughs) <laughs> What's the most important position in sports? Easy answer is quarterback, of course. CJ Carr played last Thursday. I think we may have talked about this a little bit on Friday, but he and his uh, – I was told it was Saline is how you pronounce it, so I apologize for saying Saline in the past. But the Saline Hornets took on Ann Arbor Huron, and they won 35-24. to So, Sean, some highlights of this game. We talked a little bit about it from the recruiting hour last week. CJ had a very up and down performance in the first week, 350 yards, a couple touchdown passes, a touchdown run, but he did have four turnovers in that game, two interceptions, two fumbles. He was cleaner in this game. Now, uh, Celine got off to a really good start. They got off to a 28 to 10 lead in this game. They eventually won 28 to 24. So there was a little bit of a comeback in this game where they kind of had to hold him off, but it was a much cleaner football game. I know he had a fumble during the game, but otherwise was clean from a, turnover perspective in this game two touchdown passes two touchdown runs on the ground so a pretty nice game for cj carr as he continues for his team the undefeated stretch to start this season and as we said we knew that it looked like he tried to really do a lot maybe a little bit too much in his first matchup and he came out more comfortable just playing his game you know he's a really really good distributor of the football and you like to see that as a quarterback, you know, and it makes you feel good about his decisions, how quickly he makes decisions, his accuracy. He throws a beautiful deep ball. He just throws a really beautiful deep ball. And you, you have to be happy with what you've seen from this young man each and every week. And, you know, we'll wait to see 
if he will be added to the 23 class down the line or whether or not he stays in the 24 class. Yep. I'm sure Irish fans will have their antennas up on that one. But what else can you say? I mean, we're going to come back here each and every week, Ryan, and say pretty much the same thing. Like, this kid is pretty good. He's yes. a pretty good quarterback, and uh, you should feel really good about you know him coming to Notre Dame. Well, and, and I love the fact, Sean, that he had a much cleaner performance from week one, right? We talked a little bit yeah. about it. Sometimes that stuff happens in game one, man. And yeah. I know Boss Domer just said, uh, sorry, Base and Domer said Ben M played great, of course, talking about Ben Minich. We'll get to him because you are correct. I mean, kid continues to have a really nice start to the season. But CJ Carr has me feeling pretty good about the future, obviously, of the quarterback position, Sean. And I think if, if anything that we get to have a takeaway from this past game, it's the fact that. I think you need to give quarterbacks a little bit of time, right? I mean, one football game does not define a, pl- a football player in general, especially a quarterback. So this, I think this could be said for Tyler Buckner. I think it could also be said for CJ Carr. Give a little bit of time, man. It's the first game of the season. So, uh, yes, very excited well, to see what CJ did. First that's game. one of the things that shocked me so much is that I think fans are so uneven when it comes to development at the quarterback position. Either they don't understand the – difficulty of the position number one i mean watching it on tv is one thing it seems like oh throw the ball to the receiver avoid the rush oh it's simple and there's so many facets to it because most guys that come in out of high school to college football were really good high school quarterbacks and then in order to become a really good college quarterback is another level and of course the nfl is the whole another conversation you know, you watch film all the time. And you, you, you talk about guys going from college to the pros. Is there anyone, and I might be putting you on the spot here, but is there anyone in particular on the college level that you can say that CJ reminds you of as far as demeanor and the way he throws the ball and the way he moves? Yeah, uh, there's one guy that's an easy one for me, Sean. Like we talked about this one, actually, me and Brian a, a couple months ago, I guess. I think it was right when CJ committed to, to Notre Dame. I know this. some people aren't going to love this comp, but he reminds me a lot of Davis Mills when he was at Stanford. You know, like I think there was a really clean pro-style approach, but a better athlete than you consider, and not like the biggest arm in the world, but like just really accurate. You know, like that's a guy for me that I see. I've also heard someone, I forget who it was, made this comp that said Matt Ryan, like a younger Matt Ryan, like coming out of Boston College. That one makes a lot of sense, too. I like that one because Matt, again, was not the he wasn't the flamethrower of a quarterback. Right. But he had a good arm, good plus arm. Incredibly accurate, though. That was like the best thing about Matt Ryan is he was a really accurate quarterback. That's the best thing about CJ right now is I think CJ has a good frame. You know, he's right around six, two and a half, six, three ish. 180, not 190 pounds somewhere in that ballpark. Like he's going to be 210, 215 before too long in, in his college career. But I mean, for me, it's the accuracy that he plays with. You know, like decision making can always be something that can be improved on at the quarterback position. There's no perfect pr- processor. But I think the main thing that jumps out about me is he's got good arm talent and he's a really accurate quarterback. Like those things. And he's maybe a better athlete than I thought originally, if I'm being honest. Because I mean, we've seen him a couple first couple of weeks, a couple scrambles, a couple touchdowns. I'm like, okay, man, he can, he can do a little more outside of structure than maybe I thought as well. So th- those are a couple guys though. Davis Mills is the one that I like. And then Matt Ryan, I've heard also, I don't know if either one of those are, are good ones or if you like either one of those ones, but that's no. kind of for a couple names. You have to be, let's be real. Davis Mills comes to Stanford, comes through Stanford. He gets injured, you know, but he's still looked upon from NFL guys as a really good pick 
Yeah. Like, okay, we might get a steal here. And then he surprises a lot of people on a bad Texans team with the way he was able to play and mm-hmm. lead that team. <clears throat> so Davis Mills, in my opinion, is a really good comp. Some people might look at that and say, oh, no. Like, no, Davis Mills is a good quarterback. And I like the comp. They might not like the ceiling. Yeah. Because of, but he came through Stan- – he didn't come through Stanford when Stanford was at the same level when Andrew Luck did. Now like, they're bad, man. They're Davis bad. Mills on yeah. that Stanford team that Andrew Luck played with, I think Davis Mills looks a whole lot better yep. in college than he did when he came through Stanford and the program was pretty much on a decline. So sure. I love the comp. I love the comp. I don't look at Davis Mills as a bad comp to whereas, you know, Irish fans would be like, oh, man, like, no, that's – man, watch this kid play in the NFL and you can see, like, oh, man, you see why he was ranked so high coming out of yeah. high school. Like, I get it. I, I was going to say that too, Sean. I mean, the kid was a five-star quarterback coming yeah. out of high school. Like, people forget, man, and he was yeah. good – when yeah. he played for Stanford, it's just injuries early on, and then he mm-hmm. they hit the COVID season in 2020, right. so he only played in a handful of football games. Like, he didn't play. It's, I think he only started like nine football games in his career, and he could have went back for 2021, but he decided to obviously enter the draft and gets drafted in the third round still. And, yeah. I mean, I would argue he was the second most efficient rookie quarterback last year. Like, he did yeah. a really good job considering it's not a great situation around him, if we're being no. really honest. Like, Texas not are not a good football team right now. They're not. I mean – all due respect to Lovey Smith, I always ha- I will always have a place in my heart for Lovey Smith, you know, because he's the coach for the Texans now moving forward. Because he was, I'm a Rams fan, and he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams when they won the Super Bowl right. under Dick Vermeil. But I mean, my guy just had a losing record at Il- University of Illinois, and now he's the head coach head coach of a football team. You know what I mean at the NFL level. So that's yeah, yeah. And so someone just put, I think John Mayo just put into the chat. Car reminds me of Joe Burrow, poised, above average arm, super accurate, can run if need be. Hey, man, if he's anywhere near Joe Burrow, <laughs> I'm good. We're good there. <laughs> we'll be all right. I'll take that. No, Notre Dame will win a national championship in the next couple of years if he's anything near a Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a fantastic player. We just got a super sticker, I believe, is what we call these from Stephen F. Stephen, thank you so much. Really appreciate the uh, the love here, my friends, and I hope you're enjoying the show. So we are now, Sean. We want to move on. CJ Carr, better performance week two versus week one. Let's move on to a bit of unfortunate news that I came across this week. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on to the really fortunate news that Notre Dame has a lot of really nice pass catchers coming to campus here pretty <laughs> soon. So Jaden Lamar, Lake Stevens, got off to a 26 to 16 loss. Was not aware of this before this game, but apparently Jaden has been dealing with an offseason shoulder injury that crept up during camp. So he was forced to miss this football game. Don't know if there's not sure if there's a timetable on when Jaden Lamar will be able to return to Lake Stevens. But unfortunately, he was not available in this first game. So we will keep everyone updated as far as you know, Jane's health and when he's going to be able to get back on the field, but he was not available during Lake Stevens, unfortunate loss to Garfield 26 to 16. But Sean, wide receivers, man, where do we start here? I mean, where do we start? Do we want to start with Jane Greathouse, who was just, I mean, he put on a show, man, put an absolute show. Everyone here knows. He told you, Irish fans, like, don't get caught up on the two receptions in game one. We told you what was coming. Yes. Now it's, Hey, man, nobody on this chat except for maybe Salty Virginia Peanuts if he is in here. Salty, what's up if you are? 
no bigger fan of Jaden Greathouse than myself, man. I am, uh, man. I just think he's going to be a fantastic player. I was talking to Brian the other day, man. And we're just like, is this kid going to catch like 50 passes as a freshman? Like he just seems like that type of kid, you know, yeah. but he in a, he had a quiet first game, two catches, 41 yards in the opener because mm-hmm. he was obviously Cade Klubnik is now part of the Clemson program. They were breaking in a new quarterback. I think his last name was Land. And fortunately they opened things up a little bit to, uh, in this game, Sean. So he had by my counts in the first, this is in the first half. Yeah. He had 118 yards on three catches in the first half, including two touchdowns. So he had a 50-yard catch. He had a 52-yard touchdown reception. And also, if you guys haven't seen this one, it's going to be in an article, a recap that I'm dropping later today on irishbreakdown.com. Jane Greathouse is also the punt returner for his team, and he took one back 60, where I am not exaggerating when I say he broke about eight tackles on this 60-yard punt return for a touchdown. So my guy in one half of football in a blowout victory 178 total yards and three touchdowns on four touches. That's all he got in the first half. I don't even know, to be honest with you, if he played in the second half. I don't know. All I know is that first half, 178 total yards and and three touchdowns on four touches, man. Insane, Sean. I think we all need to really start to understand this, right? Because Jaden is not the fastest receiver of all time. He's not. We'll never lie and say that he is. But he has just something about him that is different, man. He is an alpha to the highest degree. Physical, just understands how to play the game, great route runner. This kid's going to be a great player at Notre Dame, in my opinion. Absolute great player. He is very reminiscent from the way he plays the game. And Irish fans, you know, when you hear this name, you're probably going to perk up. Just the mentality, the toughness, the I don't give a darn, give me the rock. He is very Golden Tate-ish. He's just like, you know, he's much bigger than Golden Tate, but just the way he plays the game, he'll beat you inside. If you disrespect him, he'll get behind you in the defense and, and catch the ball deep. He just wants the ball. Slot, X, Y, it doesn't matter. Wherever you line me up, just give me the ball, I'll make a play. And you know what? I can actually, you know what? You know what? Let me move off that comp a little bit. Let me move off that comp. Because I think you could, he might be a mixture, Brian, of Golden Tate and Michael Floyd. He's Michael, he's, he's Michael Floyd's size. Yeah. With the same mentality, but just the toughness and being able to play on the inside like Golden Tate did. I, I think he's a perfect mixture of the two. You know who reminds me of, Sean? A non-Notre Dame con for a second. But yeah. I get Cooper Cup vibes, man. Like, I don't know why. It's just something about Cooper, man. Because Cooper gets no credit for he's being the, the yak way. receiver he is, man. Yeah. But he breaks so many tackles. He's such yeah. a good route runner. And he's physical. Like, those yeah. things are what Cooper Cup does. And he yeah. makes his living in the slot. And I think that that could also be Jaden Greathouse. Like, he could be yeah. a big slot type of receiver. But, yeah. I mean, I like your comp, though. Because I think that. I mean, Michael Floyd was just such a physically imposing dude, man. And, and Michael was faster than Jaden Greathouse is, but like he played physically at the catch point the same. And you, some of the yak stuff that Golden was able to do, I, I do see there. So we're we gonna call him. We're we gonna call him Michael Tate, or we're we gonna call him Golden Floyd. Which one do you like better? Golden like Floyd Golden sounds pretty Floyd. nice. I like yeah, Golden I like Floyd. that too. I like Golden Floyd. That's hot. That's yeah. Hot. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna. I, yeah. <laughs> The way the game is played now, 
mm-hmm. which is not so much vertical, but taking advantage of the horizontal part of the field as well. This is where a guy like him can really come in and dominate without being that over-the-top fast guy. Yeah. Like he's really quick in, in short spaces. Mm-hmm. Breaks, breaks tackles. He's just a he's just a hell of a player, man. I don't I don't know how they still have him as a four star. I, I don't. It's because it's because he probably runs. It's because he probably runs in the four sixes, man. That's why. Like they're just like he's not that fast, and I get it. I get it. But like some guys are just different, man. They're yeah. just different. Like yeah. that's just point blank to it. That four six is without the ball. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, you give exactly. him the ball. I guarantee you, he's not running that four six. No, and if he is, man, he's still running through people. So who yeah. cares? I mean, that yeah. punt return, man, was just nutty. Because I mean, he's crazy. And Sean, the the best thing about it is too is like, how does it translate? He plays at the best competition in the country. Like he plays in in six A ball in Texas. Like yeah. he's balling, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, I look, man. I can talk. I can talk every single day about. I can talk every single day about Jaden Greathouse. I really can because one. His great football player has that alpha. He's that subtle confidence to him. He's also a great kid. Like he yeah. really is, man. Like he is going to be a great fit into yeah. the offense, which is exciting. But he wasn't the only player, only wide receiver, I should say, pass catcher that had a big week, Sean. I, I want to go to Dylan Edwards, who technically is a running back from Derby High School in Kansas. Okay. So they played Manhattan, who's another good program out there. They lost 26 to 23 to Manhattan. But Sean, my guy is going to play slot receiver, kind of a gadget role at Notre Dame. That's kind of what they project him to. 4-3 athlete. He plays running back for this team. He ended the day with 191 yards rushing and two touchdowns, only 19 carries. Also had a long catch in this game as well. But they negated an 80-yard touchdown due to a holding penalty. My guy had right around 300 yards of total offense yeah. in this game. And if you watch some of the highlights that are going to be on – my piece coming out, I mean, he's breaking 80-yarder, 68-yarder, 44-yarder, and you can just see that speed, that stop-start. The kid is going to be a just silly player in the slot, man. Like, not the same type. It's going to be like what people maybe thought C.J. Sanders was. Like, he's that type of slot. He's not a Golden Tate type of slot. Like, he's more quick twitch, yeah. getting in and out of breaks. But the difference between those types of kids is usually, Sean, like those slot receivers are quick, not fast. This kid's fast. He's right. dynamic, man. And he's going to return punts. And he, I, again, another player that I just think you're going to be able to accentuate the strengths that he has because he is just so, so explosive and so athletic, Dylan Edwards. He reminds me of the type of athletes that were those same type of gadget slot running back type guys under Urban Meyer, Florida, when it was mm-hmm. a Percy Harvin or it was a Dempse. And he had those guys. And he was like, they didn't have one position. But, like, they knew they wanted to get them the ball. And whatever they had to do to get them the ball, they moved them around and got them the ball. And he's going to be an explosive athlete like that. And that to have that type of scary individual on the field, that's the type of individual that the defense has to acknowledge. Like, where are they at? Where are they lining up at? Like, we got Braylon James over here. We got Great House right here. But, oh, he's on the field. Like, look out for the sweep. Look out for the uh, reverse. Look out. Like, just look out for everything. Now the safeties are involved, and now your wide receivers can just go do what they want to do because everybody's paying attention to him, even if he comes in motion. 
Mm-hmm. Now the linebackers are worried about him. He's that type of individual you love to have, whether you're going to get him the ball or use him to, you know, to take away from the primary objective on the offensive play. So, look, it's funny because it seems like every week you see a highlight and then another highlight pops up and you're wondering, wait a minute, is this the same play or did he just run? Just did it again, man. Yeah, right. Over and over and over again. It's silly, man. It is. It's really yeah. – Sean, I, I mean, the, my favorite thing about him too is that, again, he plays he plays running back for his team. But then there's also some plays where he's playing wide receiver. I mean, if you hop, hop on his huddle tape from 2021 season, the first catch yeah. is him running a, is running a post route and winning through contact. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I just saw someone put a comp in there uh, to – um. They, they 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 put a comp to uh, Tyler Lockett, which I kind of like that, man. Like, again, we have to see him play wide receiver full-time, but the thing about Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett is explosive, punt returner coming out of Kansas State, dynamic player. But the things about make Tyler Lockett special is that he has a, an unnatural ability to play bigger than he is at wide receiver, which yeah. you just can't quantify sometimes, man. So love it yep and someone just said the Kansas State connection too man I dig it I dig it. hey let's hope that he's anything close to Tyler Lockett he's, he's been one of the more underrated football players in the NFL for a long time man like when he's healthy Tyler Lockett is a 90 100 catch type of receiver like he's that yeah. type of dude so love it I love it let's let's hope let's hope that Kansas State connection is true I love it I love it I love it he's a dynamic player dynamic player in the slot I believe so aside from that Nothing crazy from stat lines. I, I, I do want to throw out there that Rico Flores team Folsom played Edison. Sean, they won 65 nothing. So Rico didn't play too much. So he only had four catches for 53 yards. But, you know, he didn't really have to do much in this game. I, Irish fans, if you are not watching, following Rico Flores on IG, it is a great follow on a daily basis. I'll just leave it that. He Man. is going to be a character when he comes to Notre Dame. Fans yeah. love him. He's got a great, great personality to he your points, right? A work ethic, too. The kid is a hard, hard worker. And he's averaging like over 110 yards a game so far through three games. And that includes just a four-catch 53-yarder this week because his team just didn't need him. <laughs> like, they just didn't need him against Edison, man. Again, 65 yeah. nothing. So, yeah. not a massive week. Another good football player. Braylon James's team, Stony Point, be killing here this week, 24 to 16. They are still undefeated 2 and 0 on the season. Braylon again only had one catch on, but it was for a touchdown, right? So like he they didn't need him to do or he didn't do too much in this football game, but he still made a big play obviously in a close contest. So a couple other receivers that we should be very excited about in Braylon James, Rico Flores. Braylon's more of the taller, explosive type of receiver. Rico's more of the little bit smaller but more explosive in short areas and a really good route runner. Those are the things about, about Rico Flores that I like a ton. And then the tight ends for this week. Oh, actually, no. Oh man. I almost skipped over one of the better performances of the week. What am I doing? Sean Cam Williams, a guy that, you know, very well, Glenn Bart South, they beat Fenton 49 to 14. So another big victory two and uh, three and oh, so far, Cam Williams, Sean, he only had two catches. But those two catches went for 52 and a 58-yard touchdown. Yep. So my man had two catches for a buck 10 and two touchdowns. I know you love Cam Williams, man. 2024 kids, so you're not going to see him for a couple years, Notre Dame fans, but obviously a very talented football player, Sean. And he's just coming into himself as a young man. Like, you know, Ryan, you know. You played the game. You know what it is to physically get a summer between sophomore and junior year 
And all of a sudden, that junior year, a lot of these kids come back and it's like, yo, he's faster. He's bigger. He's stronger. And that's what we're seeing from the film on Cam Williams. You know, he was a projected high 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, guy. And now you're watching the film and he's just blowing by defensive backs. And they play in a very competitive, very competitive league. So I'm, I can't wait for them to get into conference play because we're going to really see a lot of things and see how he holds up because I think they have some really good power five defensive backs in that conference. So I want to see the competition that he's going to be to face, be able to face and how he uh, holds up against that competition. And then the explosion. Yep. And he was upset that he didn't score on the, uh, the jet sweep. They gave it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had another jet yeah. sweep for a pretty decent yeah. game. Yeah, yeah for like 20 yards. He was like, I should have scored on that. So this is just the type of kid, his mentality, he wants to dominate. Uh, I don't want to say that pressure, but that expectation for that offense has been put on him. Like, yo, you're going to have to carry us until the rest of this young offense is able to come along. And he's been able to hold up to it early in the season. Yeah. No, it's – uh. He reminds me a lot of Lorenzo Styles. Like I see that type of similar body type, play style. Like that's what I see. Can do stuff after the catch, but he's got deceptive burners, man. Like he can run by some dudes, right? So Cam's having a really good start to his season. Seven catches for a buck twenty, I think, last week. Then he has the two for one ten this week. So I think I said three and zero to start this little segment. He was actually they're two and zero so far. They've only played two football games, but back to back hundred yard outputs to start the year. I think last year he had like 600-something yards, so he's already a third of the way to, to his 2021 total, you know? So he's going to have a really great season. A couple of tight ends that were on tap this past weekend. Unfortunately, they both fell to losses. Very close games, though. Jack Larson, 2024 tight end out of Charlotte Catholic, played against Providence Day, which is a very good school there in the Carolinas. And, uh, Sean, they lost 21-20, to 20, so a very close game. The quarterback for Providence Day is Jane Davis, the 2024 quarterback, who's another talented signal caller in that class. Cooper Flanagan, they were up 21-7. Uh, so, sorry, De La Salle was up 21-7 over Sarah pretty early in that game. They ended up losing 24-21 from a come from behind. Sarah also beat Folsom two weeks ago. So Sarah's off to a good start, and uh, they took down De La Salle. Cooper Neither one of them had, like, incredible stats. I'll say Jack, the first couple weeks, has been on a really good start to the year. Cooper, we know De La Salle doesn't throw the football a ton. But, Sean, I didn't get to see the game from De La Salle, but I heard that Cooper was able to play defense this game, which he was not able to do in the first game. And I heard he was a dog, man. So I'm starting to, like, ask myself, could Cooper Flanagan maybe be a defensive end at the next level? Like, I think it's possible, man, because his tape's pretty good on defense as well. So we'll see. Either way, tight ends had not the – most impressive weeks of all time. But I, again, I think we need to reiterate two good football players. Mm-hmm. Cooper Flanagan's kind of your big 6'5, 240, going to be 255 before you know it, and be that blocking tight end, true inline guy. And then Jack's kind of that moving chess piece that, you know, Notre Dame recruited Kane Barong to kind of be like that type of guy. Tommy Tremble, think about those types of players, kind of movement based players. So a couple talented tight ends that were in, that were in that were in action that unfortunately their teams did not get the win, but De La Salle has a chance to go against St. Francis next week. Who's off to a one-on-one start. Jack actually has a bye week this week. It looks like all the Carolinas have bye weeks this week. So I don't yeah. know if that's a, a, a usual, a usual thing or not, but there we are. I think so, it has something to yeah. do with like, um, this is the start of like the, the uh, hurricane season. Oh, I think 
So I think I talked to my guy from the Carolinas. It's funny you brought that up because I talked about the last two games. And I was like, yo, Carolina playoffs look like they're going to be crazy because they they win the game against Christian Hamilton's team the week before that went down to the wire. Jaden Davis was able to score with literally like 11 seconds in this game to, to, to beat Charlotte Catholic. So the competition is hot and heavy. Uh, Jaden Davis's team, Providence Day, like you said, at number one in the state. Yep. Charlotte Catholic's number four. Yep. You know, so, yeah. And talking to that, he, he did let me know that they do that every year in September. Gotcha. You know, they go ahead and say, you know what, instead of just games being canceled, the normal weather pattern is that this is the weekend. So strange, but it's a good it note, was, though. It's an interesting fact that I found sure. out. Sure, I love having you on the podcast, man, because I always learn things. So I love it, man. By the way, that, teach me that. That, that De La Salle, uh, yeah. Sarah game was a great yeah. late night watch after sure the was. game game. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah, it was a great late night watch. Sarah, Sarah's got off to a great start, man. Again, they beat Folsom last week, beat De La Salle this week, two yeah. highly successful programs, right? So yeah. Sarah's off to a really good start. Like you said, shout out, even though he's not in the Notre Dame class, Jane Davis, 2024 quarterback that you just talked about from Providence Day. Played yeah. a great football game, man. He had like 300-something yards, like four, three or four scores. He had a really, really good football game in that one to beat Charlotte Catholic. So shout out to Jane Davis. He really came to show up in that game. All right, and I guess we'll roll through the offensive line. I feel bad every time we're going to do this, Sean, because – it's like offensive line. I'm going to talk about the victories they had and what the offenses did, but you can't point to stats, man. You can't no, say like, no. oh, he had tw- 26 pancakes or whatever, right? <laughs> like we don't have availability to those stats, but let's roll through it. Unfortunately, Charles Jagasaw's team did not get a victory this past week. They lost Quincy Notre Dame 38-0. to Alleman is obviously coming off of a victory, though, last week, and they're, off, they're going to be traveling to Rock Islands, which is where Charles is from. So it's going to be a little bit of a – Rivalry game this week. Hopefully, all men can get back into the winning column uh, after a tough loss to Quincy Notre Dame. Sullivan Absher, we just talked about the Carolinas, right? Out of North Carolina. South Point High School, Sean, it's off to a good start this year, man. 42-14. Yeah. to 14. They're a 3-0 and team right now. I looked it up, and they have averaged in the running game through three games, 298.3 yards per game, and they have scored 13 touchdowns through three contests. So they're, they're – uh, they're doing all right, man. They scored 40-something points a game. Off to a great start, mm-hmm. as was Elijah Page and Pinnacle High School out in Arizona. They beat Camino 43-6 to in that game. So Pinnacle had a little bit of a down 2021 season, so they're off to a 1-0 start. That was his first game of the season. Sam Pendleton, another North Carolina kid out of Reagan High School, they took off Myers – they took on Myers Park, excuse me, won 17 to 14. They're off to a two and one start as they go into their bye week. Joe Odding had his first game, Hayden High School against Ulp. Ulpe? I don't know how to pronounce it. Somebody wants to correct me in the chat. O L P E, however you pronounce that. But they won 21 to 7. Got off to the one and 0 start. They're going to be taking on Silver Lake next week, who is also off to a one and 0 start. So battle of early undefeateds there. And then the last offensive lineman that Notre Dame had that was in action, Sean, was the 2024 kid. Peter yeah. Jones, who I've gotten to know a little bit out of Malvern Prep. They took on LaSalle College, 35-0 victory for Malvern Prep, which is a very good school in the Pennsylvania, um, in Pennsylvania. I was saying in the Pennsylvania area. Nope, it's not the Pennsylvania area. It's literally in Pennsylvania. So they won 35-0. 
175 rushing yards for the team, 104 passing yards. Peter Jones, obviously a big part of that offense, starting right tackle over the last couple of years for them. They will take on a good team, Archbishop <coughs> Wood, next Friday. So that's going to be a big one for them. And I notice I still had this coming up, but you should smash the like button while uh, while you're watching this great podcast. I hope you're having fun here so far. So, Sean, I, again, and I feel bad. I like the Notre Dame offensive line class, even 2023. I like Peter Jones. Just what are we going to say too much about him, man? Like, we can't quote stats right now. All I say yeah. is big, impressive kids, though. Big, I mean, we had a question about what 2023 kids could have a, 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 a uh, an opportunity to start early. I'm going to say this, Sean. I want to hear you if you agree with me. We'll answer this more in depth during the mailbag. But although we've talked about Charles Jagasaw needs to take a step up from a technical perspective, which I think he will, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts as a freshman, man, because there's going to be – there's un- Set guards did not have a great game first week, and Josh Lugg's going to be graduated. Jared mm-hmm. Patterson's going to be graduated. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an opportunity to start at guard, man. There is. And I think that Charles Jackson is just such an incredibly talented football player. Knowing, hearing what you just said, who does he start next to, though? Like, who, who, what combination would you like? Would you like Jagasaw Fisher or would you like Jagasaw Alt? I, I would like Jagasaw Fisher because I just want to see them beat up on people all day. <laughs> if I'm being honest, man, like that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. But I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And I think he's open to it. And I think it fits his mentality, you know, because mm-hmm. if you watch him play in the interior on the defense side of the ball, and the way he uses his hands and his strength, he, he can definitely translate yes. to the interior. Oh, uh, man, I just I can't wait to see him. I, I, mean, I can't wait already, to see. He's already a grappler, right? He's he's, oh. a, he's a state champion in wrestling. Wrestler, so. yeah, yeah, man. Now he he's got dynamite feet. He's got dynamite um, core strength and strong hands too, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's got some mitts on him. It's just once he figures out how to play the game, yeah. he is going to be a dominant. He could be one of those guys, Sean. Like I felt like Alabama did it for a couple of years, right? Like they had Alex Leatherwood that was in guard, moved over to tackle eventually. Evan Neal was the same thing, started a guard early on, moved over yeah. right tackle, then left tackle. He might be a kid that is, like, just too good not to play as a freshman, you know, and then eventually he's your left tackle or right tackle after Fisher or Allard are gone. Like, that's what I see with Charles Jackson personally. He's just such a talented football player. So, we'll see. All I know is just seeing his, his just maturation of his body this offseason, man, like some pictures of him, yeah. he's a massive kid, man. Just wait till he stops wrestling when he doesn't have to cut to 285 anymore. Yeah. Kid's going to be 320 before, like like that. And I, I honestly, I made this comp before. I don't know if you were on the, I think you may have been on one show where I made this comp, Sean. He reminds me a little bit of Trey Smith that played at Tennessee, man. Because again, he could play tackle, he could play guard. But like the thing about Trey Smith is he was just he wasn't fat 330. He was just so massive, yeah, man. Massive. Like he was massive everywhere. Yeah. And that's what I see with Jagasaw. He's just such a big kid, man. Yeah. He really is. So yeah. I like him. I like him a lot, man. I like him a lot. So that's gonna put the wraps on the offensive side of football. Actually, no, it's not because I wanted to talk about it a another offensive target, Sean. So that's that's the commits in the class. I added one player to this this piece for this week. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Hannibal running back 2024 Aeneas Williams. All right, Sean, he had in a 53-28 victory over Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. Aeneas Williams, 2024 running back, Notre Dame likes him, went off for 352 yards, yeah. rushing and receiving, and had eight touchdowns, eight 
eight touchdowns. I've never heard of any. I mean, I have heard of that before, but like eight touchdowns is a silly, silly number, man. Five rushing, three receiving. When I talk to Aeneas, just a really talented all purpose back. Like, I think that he's going to give you some vibes of Kyron Williams. Like he looks like that type of dude and he's a Missouri kid too. So like makes sense the comp, right? But Aeneas Williams had a week, man. Eight touchdowns. Yeah. Eight touchdowns. I That's insane. Insane, man. Insane. Insane. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I saw the mean. numbers. Yeah. I saw the numbers. And I was like, I have to include it. And I texted him and he's just like, yeah, man, this is a pretty good game. I'm like, yeah, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Sounds like one of the greatest games anybody will ever play. But yeah, sure. Every but time we pretty- talk about a kid from St. Louis, I get I get sad. This is like, oh, man, college football has uncovered the St. Louis area. These are all the players that used to come to Illinois. <laughs> Back in the day, like Illinois just had a straight pipeline from East St. Louis and the St. Yep. Louis area. And that's when they were winning championships and contending and mm-hmm. at least getting to a respectable bowl that's not connected to a cereal or something like that. Yep. And now it's just like, oh boy, Oklahoma and Alabama, and everybody's found out about the talent in this area in the Midwest. And now, my fighting line, I have no shot. But like you said, you know, whether it's him, just imagine being on the, uh, I don't know, I think it's the St. Louis Dispatch. Just imagine being the high school guy for the St. Louis Dispatch this year. Christian <laughs> Gray, covering Jeremiah Love, Aeneas Williams, and all the great talent, Ryan Wingo. It's just, it's crazy the mm-hmm. amount of talent that's coming out of that area right now. It's real. It, it's nutty, man. I, Brandon Plesner just put into the chat that uh, Corey Smith and Aeneas Williams for a 2024 running back. Well, I'd be completely fine with that, sir. That. <laughs> That's a lot of speed, man. That's a dynamic weapon. So, all for it, brother. All for it. I know Alec. Um, sorry, Adam Zillak said Aeneas was at Ohio State this weekend. Yes, he was. He was in attendance for the Notre Dame Ohio State game. Made it to Notre Dame twice, I believe, this spring and summer. So, there's some interest there. We'll see. What happens moving forward there? There are a lot of lot of lot of programs coming after Aeneas Williams now, Sean. He is a little bit of a later riser, right? Yeah. Compared to some kids, but he yes. Cause because he doesn't play at the highest level, right? Like Hannibal, if you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, they're not the highest level in his area. So he's he has dominant stats. I think he had yeah. like 40 something touchdowns last year, but people saw him on the, the uh camp circuit this fall, this uh this spring, excuse me, in summer, and they're like, oh. Yeah, he could play. He could play. Someone said Ryan Wingo, too. Yes. Can't forget about Ryan Wingo in the St. Louis area as well. So that's the offensive side of the football, Sean. Quickly, we're going to get into the defensive side, and then we're going to start talking a little bit of college football. And uh, we may have a special guest for that college football segment, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that until when it, when it happens. So college football, I mean, <laughs> recruiting-wise, defensive line, Sean. We had, um, I think, clean sweep across the board. I think all these guys got wins for their team this year. Yeah, they did. All of them got victories. So we had Brendan Vernon. Man, I, I don't know if Mentor just does not have a very good offense this year, Sean, but I feel like every game is a really low-scoring affair. But they beat Riverside 7-6. to six. Yeah. And if you watched the, that game, because I did get a chance to watch a little bit of that game, Brendan Vernon, like no gaudy numbers, right? But he's just such a difficult player to deal with in the run game, man. Like he's setting the edge. He's shooting gaps inside. Like he's doing a little bit of everything for that defense where he plays a lot of odd front stuff. He's a grown man. He is a absolute grown man. 
once he really figures it out, I think he's going to be a fantastic football player. So Brendan Vernon's team got off to a victory. Armel Mukum, who is the newest commit to the class out of Woodbury Forest in Virginia, they got their season started off to a vic- on a victory note, 26-21 to 21 over Flint Hill. So nice start to the season. I talked to RML yesterday, Sean. He was very modest that uh, he didn't think he had the greatest game of all time, but uh, I, I heard that he was creating a little bit of havoc. So I think he might just be a very, uh, you know, nonchalant type of dominating kid. So yeah. very interesting football player. Your boy, Brandon Davis Swain, West Bloomfield, they got another victory, 33-14. to 14. Again, I don't think he had dominating stats, but he posted a bunch of clips where, like, he's just forcing pressure all over the place. I don't know if you want to comment on him a little bit, Sean, but like Notre Dame has a really good one so mm-hmm. far in 2024 with Brandon Davis Swain, the first commit in the 2024 class. Yeah, I think watching the game, we talked about this, you know, on the post show early Sunday morning, basically. And um, when you watch him, you watch that game, and a lot of people questioning, like, where was the pressure? You know, Isaiah Foskey's game and Riley Mills. He's the type of kid that's going to bring what you talked about. You watch his film, Ryan, he already has the counters. <laughs> like, yeah. So dealing with Lynn, he knows how to attack. You know, short arm tackle, he knows how to get around the edge. He knows how to bend and get low. You see all of that in this game. And like you said, even if he's not getting the stats, he's getting the pressure, consistent pressure. You like to see that the competition that he plays against you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's good competition. Leave it at that. It's not Texas 6A, you know, competition, but it's good competition up in Michigan. And, you know, he's just a really, really good player, man. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be a star at Notre Dame. I really do. There's just certain guys you watch the film and you're like, this dude's a star. It's kind of like the way you think about Jaden Greathouse, like, Forget all of the measurables. Just watch him play. And there's something about him. It's just something about him. And I get the same feeling about Brandon Davis Swain when I watch him play. It's just something about him. And then the character he has, like people would tweet his highlights and he'll retweet his highlight and then tag a teammate that had a great day, great game and mention his teammate. Like that's the type of guy he is. So yeah. Great character, great kid. Yeah, I I, I stopped short, you know, because that when you say great character, great kid, most people want to go and say great Notre Dame fit. No, no, he's a great character, great kid, and yeah. he will be that at any university. I'm happy he's coming to Notre Dame. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Right. Yeah, he, he would be a great young man and a great addition in any program that wanted yeah. him. And there's a lot of programs that wanted that still want Brandon Davis Swain, if we're being very honest with ourselves. I also like that too, Sean. It's a good note. The one th- real thing I love about following Ben Minich, especially, is he's a kid that's always like, 
check out my guy. This guy's a stud. Like he blows up his teammates way more than he blows himself up, man, which yeah. I, I respect that stuff all the time. So a couple defensive linemen. Also, this was cool to watch, Sean. We've been talking about the interior of the defensive line getting creating a little bit more havoc kind yeah. of moving forward. Yeah. Notre Dame has one in 2023 and one in 2024 that I think are pretty interesting players. They both had good starts to their seasons. Devin Houston out of St. James School in Maryland. They played St. Paul's. They won 35-13. Houston was credited with four ta- four total tackles, two tackles for loss in the win. So he made a couple nice stops behind the line of scrimmage. Owen Wafel, who's out of New Jersey. I wish I would have could have got to this game. I'll get to the Hunt School at some point because it's only like a half an hour for me. They won 38, I'm sorry, 48 to 13 over mastery. Yeah. John, he had a nice day, man. He had four total tackles three tackles for loss and three quarterback hurries. So he was all over the place, man, for a really good team. I mean, the Hunt School puts out a lot of talent each and every week. So I mean, each and every year from a from a college football perspective. So he is I think he's a good early get for Notre Dame. We've talked a little bit about that one. What's his upside? I think he showed in the first game he is going to take a bit of a rise, I think, this year. So I think Owen Wafel's a better football player than maybe some people give him credit for. But defensive line, again. All got victories this week. All got off to a good start. Sean, I, I know this is Brian's guy at linebacker, and I'm not going to claim him even though I'm a big fan of him as well. But, man, Jaden Osbury looks like he had a little bit of a growth spurt, man. He looks a little bigger to me, man. He does. And they have, University Lab has back-to-back shutouts the last two weeks, 25 nothing over Woodlawn this past week. And – Sean, they even put him at running back, and he scored a touchdown in this game as well, rushing the football. Man, yeah. Jaden Greathouse, look, he looks like he really put it together from a physical perspective, though, man. He looks bigger. He looks, you know, just kind of filled out a little bit. He is a really talented football player, man. L- looking forward to seeing Jaden Greathouse when he gets to Notre Dame. Uh, look, he looked good. We know how good he is at linebacker, right? I didn't know he was that good at running back. I'm like, oh, yo, this kid is – a little bit more athletic. <laughs> I saw a couple of touchdowns. He, well, I saw the one clip of the touchdown he ran in. And, you know, that's Brian's favorite recruit from the top oh, yeah. class. Like, sure is. about it. He can write a dissertation on Mr. Osbury easily. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to see. And that's the one thing when we watch these kids every week, that's the great thing about high school football. You get to see them. They're the best players on their team. and Their coaches are trying to get them to play on every play to make an impact. So you get to see them in special teams. You get to see them offensively, defensively. And you get to find out certain things like, oh, man, he's a little bit more athletic than I thought. You know, he moves a little bit. Because, of course, structured at linebacker, you see him being, you know, in a play. But then when you put a ball in someone's hands, you get to see certain movements that you might not see as a defender. So. Yeah, that was cool to see this week. Yeah, man. Nah, he he got off to a really good start. You know who else got off to a great start? Well, actually, not a great start. It's his third game, but he had a great week this past week. Drake Bowens and Dre and team got, got finally got a victory, man. 30 to 28 over Creek. I don't know how is it Creek Monet? Creek Monet. Is that how you pronounce Creek Monet. it? Creek Monet. Okay. Creek Monet. So 30 to 28. I saw Andrean was losing pretty early in that game. Drake Bowen did everything for this team, Sean everything for this team of course he's a local kid to notre dame 20 carries 97 yards two touchdowns 
Also had a really nice screen pass that he took for six. He had two catches for 60 yards in general on defense, to, you know, on top of what he did on the offensive side of football, just 10 tackles, tackle for loss, pass breakup. So Drake Bowen felt good for him, man, to get the, get the win this week because he is everything for that program. Andrean, he did a, he's done a fantastic job the first three weeks and you saw what he did in this game, man. He really had a great game against Creep Moni. Once again, there's only so much you can see on the defensive side of the ball at linebacker, right? You're looking to see, can they share blocks? Can they run sideline to sideline? You know, the eye discipline, things like that. But there's something about watching a young man with the ball in his hands. You get to see his movement. You get to see his speed. And that's one thing. If you question Drake Bowen's speed, I tell people all the time, yo, I wouldn't watch this kid play shortstop at third base and make plays coming in that show his flexibility, his athletic ability, his quickness, his speed. He's still in bases. It's like, and people are questioning whether or not this man, young man can run. Right. I talked to him. He's ticked off though. Right. You just talk about three touchdowns. He put the rock on the ground a couple of times and he was, man, he was upset. You know, he's such a young gentleman. He's, he's a Southern gentleman, you know, He's in Indiana now, but he grew up in the South, and he's very much a Southern gentleman. And when you talk to him, um, you got a great – man, great game. Yes, sir. But I I put the ball on the ground. I can't put the ball on the ground. My team needs me. Like, this is his mentality. Like, yeah, I, I scored three touchdowns, but I can't do that to my team. And he's a leader. And, like, they struggled the first two weeks. But now, you know, they're starting to build. And in my conversation with him, you know, we talked about just making sure that Andrea peaks at the right time, even though they started off with two losses, so they can repeat as state champs. So and that's what he's looking forward to, leading his school back to another state championship. And I, I saw someone said, uh, speaking of Southern gentlemen, he also had a, uh, a little poke at uh, Brian Kelly last night as well, <laughs> which a few people did. So it was funny. We'll be we'll, we'll talk about Brian Kelly here in a little bit, though. Let's, let's not get on BK right now. But, uh, Sean, we had someone that asked before I move on, Adam Zillak again. Adam, if I'm pronouncing that last name wrong, please correct me. I apologize. How was Justin Scott? I really hope to add him in the 2024 class. I didn't get any eyes on Justin Scott this week. I don't know if you got a yeah. chance to see him. Yeah, Ignatius, they uh, responded from their loss last week, close loss. And uh, <laughs> I'll say it like this. It's Justin Scott and the uh, Wolfpack defense, they were a little irritated, and they took it out. <laughs> this week their offense woke up they ended up putting 31 points on the board and they got a 31 13 victory uh this week i'm trying to remember who they played because they played st patrick last week but they came away with the victory and justin scott was a monster on both sides of the ball once again i know people might not like hearing this but this kid really loves playing tackle <laughs> on <laughs> offense hey i man Every time it's like every time I talk to him, he's like, Man, I love playing offense. And it's like, all right, relax, dude. Relax. We need you at defensive tackle. <laughs> relax. Don't fall in love too much. But he knows what side uh you know of the ball that he's gonna make his head in. But he's yeah. just um just really loving playing the time. What would be this man, that's a perfect question. Especially for you that you you know you evaluate kids. If you have an interior guy that plays offensively, 
but the defensive side of the ball is his main thing. Flip that. Like, which do you think is the better transition that helps out? Does it help out a tackle better if he plays inside, or does it help a D tackle play better if he plays tackle as well as playing defensive tackle? I think it's defensive linemen that also play offensive line, I think mm. is for me, because yeah. I think it's the ability to read blocks, right? Like that's yeah. to, to be able to see in a set, if a guy's vertical setting or if he's 45 degree setting, or if he's jump setting or in the run game, you know, here's a down block. Why is a down block coming? Cause there's probably a pulling guard that's coming off his butt, right? Like yeah. those, those are the types of things. So I think reading blocks for me is big time, Sean. Like, honestly though, like I like players that play both sides of the football just in general, because they're pretty well-rounded players, right? They've kind of see, it's like, it's like having a, a tight end that played quarterback, right? Even I know that's not the different side of the ball, but it's the ability to just kind of see things from a different vantage points, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's different for me, right? Like, and then I think you see a lot of like, there's a lot of safeties in college football that were also like high school quarterbacks. So they know how to read coverages, right? Like they know, well, not even read coverages. They know how to read passing concepts. And they understand why a receiver is tacking here and what is coming and what's the progression through routes and all that type of stuff. Right. So I really think it's, Having a defensive lineman that has also played offensive line, I think it's just to be able to read read blocks and understand why are they doing the things they do, right? Like yeah. it's the process stuff for me. That is huge. So good note there on, and I think you also see like any player that usually football players that are are well-rounded players or ability to play early are usually guys that have played a lot of different positions in a lot of different football, right? So like yeah. that's very interesting. We we had a, a weird question. Well, not a weird question. I apologize, Jack. Jack just wanted to know. Jack Foot wanted to know what I'm drinking in my cup. So, Jack, I, every I think you always see me with the same type of color here. It's strawberry strawberry lemonade. That's what uh that's what I'm sipping on, man. It's my it's my thing. It's my thing. So, Sean, let's go now. So we talked a little defensive line. We're working through the linebackers. We actually finished up the linebackers because. Preston Zinter is not playing his first football game until next week. So the Massachusetts guys, him and Bubakar Traore, are going to be kicking off their season next week. Last spot we want to go to before we get into college football is the secondary, man. And again, some impressive performances here. Very impressive. Micah Bell, cornerback out of Kincaid School in Texas. They took on Tombow Christian Homeschool. And I may be pronouncing Tombow. Tombow? I don't know how to pronounce it. But he... They they got off to a thirty to they got a thirty to fourteen victory, which of course was off of a first week loss. So Kincaid School got off to a now a one and one record. Sean he had one hundred and twenty nine yards rushing and a touchdown and eighteen carries. So of course he is used more for his ability as a runner than he is on the defensive side of the football. He does play defense as well for Kincaid, but he made obviously a huge impact on the offensive side of the ball. Christian Gray. I felt bad for Christian Gray, man, because they had to welcome IMG Academy <laughs> into Dismet Jesuit this week. And unfortunately, it was a 50 to 6 loss by Dismet Jesuit. Again, Christian Gray, fantastic football player. He can play with those IMG kids. It's just, you know, we don't have to say anything, right? Like that, that's yeah. a boarding school for four and five star recruits. Like, yeah. let's call it what it is, right? So, fortunately, did not get the victory in that one. Also, had Peyton Bowen, who, Sean, I think Denton Geyer. Is on a quest for some revenge against Westlake this year, man. I think so we yeah. so if if there was a high school game, I would pay and travel to go see. It would be that playoff matchup. Like when they face each other, it's like okay, let me let me go ahead and buy this ticket. 
<laughs> go down here for one day just to make sure I see this. It might be the best high school game of the year. I have to look at it. it might be. But it might end up being the best game of the year. Especially because last year, I mean, Westlake took it to him, man. It was like yeah. 40 to 21 in that final, but Geyer looks hungry, man. Again, I mean, they, they got a 44 to 14 out of over Alito. And I mean, that game was never close, man. Alito's a decent little team. Like, they're not bad. And, and, and Denton Geyer just like shut the door quick on them, man. And I mean, nobody even did anything that crazy in that game from a Notre Dame perspective. Like, Peyton was good, like he always is, but. The star of that show was Jackson Arnold. He threw for 361 yards and four touchdowns and also had another rushing touchdown. Of course, he commit to Oklahoma quarterback. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice day for the Denton Geyer football team. Adon Schuler, who I'm getting out to an Irvington game actually soon, Sean. They beat a good program here in New Jersey's Millville. They beat them 25-17. to 17. Of course, Irvington won their state championship last year. Yeah. So they're off to a 2-0 start. Adon Schuler, man, I'm going to say this. People are terrified of Adon Schuler. They're trying to get away from him. They're trying to go away from him. They are. But, I mean, I put a a clip in there. He had a massive hit in this game running the alley. He also is the team's punt returner, and he had a big punt return to get his team into scoring an opportunity. Adon Schuler is just one of the most underrated football players in the country, and especially the Notre Dame class. And then speaking of underrated, Ben Minich. Lakota West took down Sycamore 59-7. to Man, Minich was all over the field, Sean. Tackles, he had a sack in this game. He plays offense, catches the football, plays special teams. Ben Minich does everything for, for this for this football team, Lakota West. So, another, again, the secondary all got victories, and they all came to play, man. And I, I'm excited to see this group together. I think they're going to be really good together. Dakota West safety combination or didn't die safety combination? Who are you taking? Say that one more time. Let me think. Total West mm-hmm. safety combination. Yep. Or, or Den Geyer's safety combination. I man, I would ben I would Minich, probably go Denton Geyer. Ben Minich is playing next to a Malik Harford's a beast. Yeah, yeah he's no, a he beast. is. is and, yeah. But Yates, Yates and Bowen are pretty good for 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 Den Geyer. They are. They are. Is is Yates playing full-time safety this year? I know he was playing a lot of corner last he, year. I think he was playing safety from what I heard mm-hmm. early in the season. I, I would probably take Geyer just slightly then because yeah, yeah. I, I think Peyton Bowen has enough talent to be in contention as the best safety in, in, in high school football when it's all yeah. said and done. Like yeah. Again, I think Caleb Downs is number one right now yeah. by a, a decent margin, but Bowen's got that type of upside. Ryan Yates is just a really good, solid football player. I don't think he's anything special. Malik Harford's a dude, more of a hitter comparative to Malik to uh, Peyton to Peyton Bowen's rangy overall. center fielder yeah. type, yeah. right? And Ben Minich is a good football player, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the conversation comes down to where who do you value Minich over over Yates. Ryan Yates? And yeah. I think it's a tough, it's a, it's a close one. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. close. It's close. Yeah. We also had a. Super chat here, Sean, I want to get to, and we're about to move on to our college football talk here in just a couple minutes. Stephen F. put out a super chat for us. Thank you again, Stephen. What is the feeling on Peyton Bowen? So I'm going to take this from two different angles, Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm assuming that he's asking Peyton Bowen's solidity to the solidity award. So uh, whatever, how solid he is to Notre Dame's class. And Stephen, we, we've put this on the board probably like three weeks ago now at this point. So you should join, jo- join boards.irishbreakdown.com if you haven't already. 
But as of right now, we feel solid with where Peyton Bowen is. Things can change, of course, but right now I'm not overly concerned about Peyton Bowen. I think that he... He, I, I, he's kind of settled some of my nerves early on in that one, if I'm being completely honest. And what are our feelings on Peyton Bowen? I mean, Sean, do you want to start it off, man? Like, great football sure. Great football I'll player. jump it off. I'll jump it off. Look, yeah. I keep tabs on Peyton Bowen through the 23 recruits. He has not disconnected. He has not dropped out of the group chats. He still is a part of their video game club that they have going between Drake Adon, Peyton, Christian Gray, he's still part of the crew. Until I hear him disconnect from the crew, like I heard Keon had disconnected from the crew after his Alabama visit, and I started to say, okay, this this might start to get tricky. I, I don't worry about it, right? I just don't. And I think, you know, a lot of people are worried about NIL and some other things. Jackson Arnold. His quarterback, one of his good friends on his team, Dan Geyer, is going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma is one of the teams that's trying to get him to be committed flip. If Notre Dame holds up, this is the important thing. This is why this is so important, right? I'm sure you guys will get to this during the rest of the week during the shows. This is why you can talk about coaches. You can talk about text messages, building relationships. One of the best resources in recruiting is what your team puts on the field each and every week. Because the young men are watching your team. And if Peyton Bourne watched Brandon Joseph and he watched that defense under Al Golden on Saturday night, you feel really good about what he saw. And you feel good about what he's going to continue to see as the season moves on. So as it sits right now, I feel good. But, yo, he has the right to change his mind. Does that mean if it happened? And Sean, happened. Can, can I interrupt this for a second? Because it's a yeah. great point. A lot we have a question that we're going to talk about in the mailbag about you know just what are the impacts of the Notre Dame's performance in the first game, right? Yeah. I'll say this, man. I Notre Dame just held one of the best offenses we've seen in several years to 21 points, and they were do- a dominate defensive fixture, despite the fact that guys like Isaiah Foskey and Jason Malola didn't have their best games, right? No. And they still balled, man. And they still played a really good defensive game. So I think there's a lot of defensive football players in the 2023 class, 2024 class that are going to come out of that game and say, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Heck yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't I want to be Brandon Joseph? Like yeah. we heard Peyton wanted to, Peyton mentions well, the first time I talked to him about Kyle Hamilton, right? Like Kyle Hamilton set the standard at the safety position. I want to be that. Yeah. Well, do you think seeing how Brandon Joseph played during that football game hurt his chances of wanting to be that dude? Like, nope. I, yeah. And also, Brandon Joseph's also a Texas kid. So yep. he's out of College Station originally. So yep. I'm just saying, man, there's like some layers to it that we're going to keep evaluating. We'll see how it works out. But either way, that's going to conclude this portion of the podcast. A great question again from Steve, and we appreciate the super chat with that one. This is going to end the high school recruiting portion of this show. Next, we'll be diving in to our little bit of a college football roundtable.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.